video nasties A through Z with Death by DVD, Cannibal Ferox, and Cannibal Holocaust. This is Death by DVD. I am your host, Alexander Nash, and with me as always is my co-host and four-course meal for the night. It's Hank. I'm getting eaten? That sounds saucy. Uh, are you Alex Jones's neighbor? You're probably getting eaten. I just was going to make a joke about you eating my ass, but the Alex Jones thing completely threw me off. <laughs> I, I don't get that. I'm sorry. Have you not seen that, like, that fucking viral clip of him going, talking about corona lockdowns and if there's a meat shortage, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat my neighbors. I will eat your ass. You know what would have been funnier is if you went with uh, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, because I would have laughed and gotten that one. And believable Shia LaBeouf is a believable cannibal. I don't know a, lo a lot about Alex Jones because I consider him um, a massive enemy to the people and uh, a Joseph Goebbels like agent of propaganda. It's very true, but sometimes he's kind of <laughs> funny too. <laughs> <laughs> was Goebbels ever funny? I seriously doubt he was. I don't know. I mean, privately, maybe he did, like, cool shadow puppets or something behind the scenes. But uh, for all intents and purposes, he looked like a, a humorless man. He looked German. Not to say that all Germans are humorless, but for the most part, they are. Is that xenophobic of me? Is that racist? I will say that, like, Alex Jones Probably. is definitely a, a blight and a cancer on society, and he's he's made America worse for just... Existing? As is the white man. I mean, I think the white man in general, because uh, I, I, I have a direction that this can go into with uh, Alex Jones and the white man. But, uh, I, but at the same time, Alex Jones, he's a one-man meme machine. I mean, he's just he, he memes all the time, and it's just like, wow, how many gifts are there of you, dude? I am somewhat concerned about all the frogs turning gay. But outside of that, my introduction, I was going to admit that one time I ate a census taker with Schlitz malt liquor and a side of pork and beans, and it was great. You should have said Goya, goddammit. Be topical. <laughs> I don't want, I like pork and beans, and I'm a little bit of a hick, but the Goya thing was like last week. That's, that's over with. I did love the Laura Palmer Goya meme. In three amazing flavors. Gee, Death by DVD, what makes the beans non-bigoted? They're made by brown people. Geez, Death by DVD, that sounds kind of sarcastic. That's because it is. The thing is, when the president of a company backs and supports a fascist criminal who actively supports the notion anti-fascists are terrorists, which, by the way, if you are against anti-fascists, that makes you a fascist! And please acknowledge, the enemy, the mortal enemy, is fascism, an insect that feeds upon the people. Supporting that company lines the pockets of the people that don't care about you. Do you think the president of Goya, let alone the president of the United States of America, cares about you? <laughs> the point is, making a stand! You're scaring me, mister! 
just wanted to know about the beans. Beans, 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 beans. Beans, 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 beans. Why you spill your beans? Just spill your beans. Just spill your beans. It's of a merchant's store. They've brought up in Calio. Hurrah! Me yellow girl, turtle, let me go. She took me in the parlor and said, Won't you be me bow? Hurrah! Me yellow girl, turtle, let me go. Oh, do let me go, me girl. Buy a t-shirt. None of this has anything to do with uh, tonight's topic, which is, um, for the most part, white people being awful. But this is actually a Video Nasties episode. Believe it or fucking not, this is one of those themed special episodes where we shouldn't have to explain what's going on, but we will because it's about the Video Nasties, which is a series of movies that were banned for being particularly nasty in the UK. And we're going to talk about all 70-some-odd of them. Okay, we're, that's I'm good, right? I can stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's basically it. Look it up. You can look up, look up to just type in video nasties in the Google machine and you'll figure out what the hell it is if you haven't listened to any of these episodes before. We're but tonight seas. is a particularly special video nasties episode because it's cannibal fucking mania. It's probably one of the most important episodes of the video nasties uh, lineage because one of the big deals of video nasties was some of the, uh, the higher ups in government in the UK in the 80s got a hold of some cannibal films from Italy and that really really started sparking things off on, oh my God, it's a snuff film, even though it looks nothing like reality, except for possibly the animal maulings. But I mean, besides the point, the human people, um, they're definitely, definitely not dead. Prove it in court. (laughs) I'll give you Cannibal Holocaust as just one example that in 1980, sure. I can see people really getting freaked out. I can understand why people would get particularly freaked out by that movie. I think going on 40 years later, it still freaks people out and really disturbs them. But so many of the other ones, Man from Deep River, Ferox, it's a little ridiculous. The believability's thrown right out the door here. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Well, I mean, the, the, the big point of cannibal films, Italian cannibal films, and what really blurred that line is there is some real-life death in these films because the history of the Italian cannibal films sparks way back into Mondo films. Okay, there we go. I was like, I think that's really borrowed for Mondo in general, that the death and that uh, enticing aspect of fear, which is kind of a weird xenophobic angle and something that I think really was unique with Mondo films is they were able to take a culture seemingly unknown, like let's say to a British audience, and show them Africa, but it would show them as... Uh, awful savages and these horrible, horrible people, and it was really spreading this fear of the unknown and uh, kind of a, a propaganda-like terror, and none of it was absolutely true, but what it did show is quite a lot of clippets and snips from other programs of snakes eating things and shark attacks or turtles being eaten in the sake of uh, ceremonial meals and all that sort of jazz, and that's kind of what tra- traversed later into the cannibal film is the necessity and need to show absolute violence at its core. Well, I mean, like, the, the granddaddy of them all was really Mondo Kane, and it showed a, a, some real-life violence. It wasn't all real-life violence. It had some, like, some goofball shit in there as well, and it was a big, big hit for the Italian uh, 
uh, film market. And they did other other Mondo films in that vein throughout the years. And that spawned off into its own genre of things like Faces of Death and Death Faces. And there's still like documentaries that purport to be like, you know, intellectual tools and learning devices when in reality they're just about sensationalism and people wanting to see something that's completely over the top. I mean, like Jerry Springer too hot for TV is based in Mondo films as well as cops too hot for TV. All that shit is all grandfathered in by the original Mondo films from the sixties from Italy and, uh, and Europe and cannibal films of Italy Really, that's where it started, and a good portion of that was started by the director of the first film we'll be talking about is Umberto Lindsay, because he's the one who started really the uh, the Italian cannibal craze with his film Man from Deep River. And I mean, there's a I, lot of debate when it comes to, I guess, the style, and I can see the argument on both people's sides, because a lot of people like to say, well, stylistically, cannibal movies come from Diodato. I think what you have with The Man from Deep River is the recipe for what makes the rest of cannibal films, and it's the principle for what all cannibal films are. The ignorant white person, mostly a bad guy, a criminal of some sort, comes into the jungle and is a dick. It's, uh, is a, it's I don't know, a, a very large reference somewhat to colonialism. I wouldn't say somewhat, just it's a very large reference to colonialism. It's a very large reference to colonialism and imperialism that uh, was going on, and it's currently still going on as far as white society going into a more quote-unquote primitive society and trying uh, in the cannibal films though the uh, the the imperialist or the colonialist gets usually pulled into their society as opposed to bringing civility to this you know primitive tribe of sorts and well, he becomes one recently. with the tribe I mean, you had some Bible thumper that went to an, 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 an not, I wouldn't say an unknown island, but you had some Bible thumper that went off to spread Christianity at an island and recently got speared to death on the beach because of it. So, I mean, it's not always a wise idea, and I think that's kind of what a, a, the message, especially with Man from Deep River, is what you're given that he ends up fitting in with them, kind of. I mean, but it, it takes quite a long time. It's torturous. You've got a lot of the early aspects of cannibalism, but it doesn't focus on that. What Diodato did was take that recipe and uh, perfect it. I mean, he shined it up. Perfect it might be a big work, uh, but he shined it up, certainly. It wasn't so much a polished turd, but he took the recipe and he made something absolutely his own, let's say. I'd say, he like, I, I, this seems kind of strange to say, but he turned it into less of a geek show and made it a more respectable film because as much of a film that man from deep river deep river savages or you know it's got a thousand different titles as much as that is kind of like you know a, a glossy hollywood style product at the same time it is very much about the the audience was all about seeing nudity and seeing brutal behavior and diodato really brought more of a message to it and made it kind of a he kind of classed it up a bit as strange as that sounds because as unclassy as cannibal holocaust seems it's a thousand times classier and has more uh, message and ideas behind it than say something like man from deep river, which is kind of technically like, um, it's almost like a doc savage, um, film for the seventies where it's the white man coming in and meeting these tribes and seeing their, their strange, uh, practices and taking part in them. And he has to prove himself to the tribe to become one with them and, you know, learning the ways of the jungle and all that. I mean, that's, that's been going on since, Good God! I mean, Heart of Darkness is based around these ideas as well. So this that this whole concept has been going for 
years and years, decades, and all the way back to the 1800s. It's just in the 70s, Italy really started to ex- kind of exploit that, and a lot of that is due to Umberto Lindsay starting this and Diodato getting mixed in and making his film uh, Jungle Holocaust and a couple others, and then they could just kind of all snowballed into everybody trying to one-up each other. And that's ultimately where we come with uh, Cannibal Ferox, which was uh, Umberto Lindsay coming in and really trying to one-up Diodato's Cannibal Holocaust because Holocaust got a lot of, I wouldn't say acclaim, but more of press. A lot of people were talking about Cannibal Holocaust. I mean, it literally got taken to fucking court because people thought it was real. I mean, it made um, an abundance of money in the the few short days that it was allowed to play, and then it was pulled, burned, the entire court case went down. But in the long run, I think successfully, Diodato ended up making some spare change out of this movie. But but massively, what Cannibal Ferox lacks and the, the difference between this and Holocaust is uh, you know, some muckety-muck terms, but Holocaust is almost like, like a fucking neorealist example of how bad colonialism is and the, the footprint that is left upon the world with destruction, and it's just a very layered device, and there are so many beautiful moments throughout that layered device that you're exposed to that kind of let you realize the graphic display of violence isn't just there for the violent nature of entertainment as to where with cannibal ferox despite umberto Lindsay pleading multiple times throughout his career that the violence is to uh help push the message forward and help you realize all of these horrible things that people do i just don't buy it successfully when it comes to this and how it's presented and especially in the uncut format of cannibal ferox i just don't buy it no because with ferox it's I see Lindsay doing a whole lot of one-upsmanship with Ferox. Like, oh, you're going to do that with Cannibal Holocaust? Well, I'm going to make it ten times as sick, and I'm adding Coke dealers and shit to it. So then, naturally, what does Diodato do? He comes back with a cut and run and makes it more about Coke dealers and Willie Ames and Richard Lynch and really Hollywoodizes the uh, the, uh, the Italian cannibal genre with that film. So they were just kind of going back and forth with each other. And Personally, and the first film we will be talking about is cannibal ferox because alphabetically it does come first um it's is kerman I'd say, and cut and run is what is robert kerman and cut and run he doesn't no return. no 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 no, no, no. no. that has uh, lisa blunt and willie ames richard lynch uh michael berryman briefly isn't karen briefly... black say what briefly karen black uh, yeah, she plays a, a producer, a television producer in that yeah. film. But um, but that has with, nothing to do with Cannibal Ferox. No, well, I mean, with Cannibal Ferox, it is, I would say, the epitome of Italian cannibal films. It's also probably the, the nastiest. It's probably the most violent. Nasty. He says it has a message. I'm not feeling that message as much as I do in Cannibal Holocaust because that does feel like, you know, it's a little na- like hitting the nail on the head. And Ferox seems more about putting violence right in your fucking face and just rubbing it in. And that for me personally, it's hard for me to sit and watch. I've only seen Ferox maybe two or three times. It's just not something I am personally into because it gets a little bit too hardcore for me because it's just overall, it's just a dismal fucking experience to watch. You can call me a dullard, and that's fine, but is it just me, or do you not really understand the plot or point of Cannibal Ferox until about midway through the movie? No, it really doesn't have a point. It's, I mean, the overall story is about this this woman 
who's going to uh, to because she doesn't believe that cannibalism still exists in the world. So she's going to write this book about how cannibals don't exist. And ex- until they're like halfway there on a boat ride that they begin discussing and almost mocking the people. And they've got that wicked display of them smashing the butterfly. The the Indian smashes the butterfly and he eats its guts and innards, which was like papaya or banana slices. And they mock him. And it's, it's just uh, both of these films we're going to get into are, I don't want to say intentionally racist, but unintentionally racist. Just, I don't know, it sounds like we're talking about Morrissey. They have a very, very racist past, but they're dealing with a racist culture, and at its core, that's what imperialism is. is I mean, not organized racism, it's like enslavement. I mean, to break down what I guess the reaction is supposed to be here and what Lindsay's trying to say is a lot of the actions and um, the devices that the cannibals use, you know, torturing, eating the white man is something that they've been taught. And it's because of imperialism that they're acting this way. And in the case of Ferox, it's just not visibly there. Now, when you hear him talk about it and discuss it, it's really eloquent and makes sense. And you're like, yeah, OK, I guess. I mean, I kind of see it. So why the fuck did you have to stab that pig so many times, though? Like, what was that? Did you have to cut the guy's dick off and eat his brain? Yeah, I mean, I, what, where are you? I mean, uh, you can dress it up all you want to, and I'm not trying to, like, dismiss fucking Cannibal Ferox on any level because for what it is, it is. I mean, it's not been praised and written about and, and championed by guys like Chaz Ballon because it's a piece of shit movie. It will shock you. It will offend. You know, it's it's one of the few things. I think this and Cannibal Holocaust are two of the very few movies out there that truly don't lie to you when they say, shocking and offensive will make you question your morals. And it, it really will, both of these movies. So it's not like either of us are particularly big fans of Cannibal Ferox, I, I, I think I could say. But it's not that it's particularly a bad movie either. It just it doesn't suit my style, and it's not like I need some fucking heroic message for everything. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to misquote myself here because I really have a disdain for just violence for the sake of violence. But sometimes... There are occasions, I guess, I can let that lapse for, like, I don't know, Jim Van Bever in some instances and some of his just uh, very unique displays of violence throughout his films. I mean, it's splitting fucking hairs here, apples or oranges. Uh, Ferox just rubs me the wrong way, and it has nothing to do with, I mean, I don't like the fact that they stabbed the shit out of the pig. That's kind of cold, but <laughs> whatever, you know. Well, like, okay, if you look at even Lindsay's Man from Deep River... It seems to have a semblance of a story to it and kind of a concept behind it. And like Cannibal Ferox just wallows in its own depravity. Like once we start getting into the, the scenes of violence, it just it doesn't it's unfucking relenting. And I remember as a kid, um, because when I originally rented this, I didn't even know what the fuck Cannibal Ferox was because all the uh, the original tiles were now. I saw it under Make Them Die Slowly under the was it Midnight or Thriller video? I thought it was I Midnight. Can't remember which one. I thought it was Midnight. Is it Midnight? Okay, I'm probably I totally wrong, but I can't. But in the big box with the, the amazing cover art, um, I saw it and it always like you go through the video store and it had that big fucking symbol on it that says banned in 31 countries. And I remember talking to people at school. It's like. That's just not bad. It's just a horror movie. There's no way it's banned in any countries. I mean, it's all fake garbage. Blah, blah, blah. And then I watched it one and like, oh, wait, this actually come to find out it is banned in all, maybe not 31 countries, but it's banned in a shit ton of places because there's a lot of real life violence going on in this. And it is sometimes really hard to stomach because it just 
ghosts for the gusto. And when you get to the bisection of the human body, the way it's done in this film, it just is unrelenting and it is somewhat sickening. Even when you get to the, uh, the man called horse, um, hanging scene, hanging by the breast of the hooks, that is a new level, especially when you're like, say 12 and you're seeing for this for the first time, it's just like, Holy fucking shit. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And of course at that age, you're not thinking about the, the social, the social, um, ideas behind it, the the you know like the sociology behind it you're just thinking of horror gore film and you're watching all this and you're just i didn't particularly understand why anybody would want to watch this and i still kind of don't because for as much message that is supposed to be there it's just really not there enough because at the end the uh, the female protagonist if you can call her a protagonist she's writing this book about there's no such thing as cannibalism anymore. And it turns out there is, but she writes the book anyway, because who are the real savages? Well, we know the answer to that. And if you watch the news at all anymore, you realize it's always white people. It always will be white people. Well, not to shit on Lindsay too much, but if you saw cannibal Holocaust, you'd know the actual line was delivered much goddamn better the last time it was presented to us. And I think that's where one of my major gripes comes from with Ferox itself. Not so much that it's violence for the sake of violence. I like depravity. Of course, if it has a, a an actual meaning, you know, like Deranged, the Robert Blossom's Ed Gein movie, that's a pretty depraved movie. That's a pretty weird and sick movie. But it does have a point behind it. It does have a message behind its point, rather, I guess you could say, as to where Cannibal Ferox just, plain and simple to me, is a ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust, and it was delivered less successfully it was just it it makes me not even ask more questions it just makes me want more you gave me a a ballet of graphic violence and a bunch of cool shit honestly i mean it's really nifty it looks really cool i love giovanni lombardo radice um uh, what's that chick's name from anthropophagus she's in this zora karova she's great it's it's good everyone's great you've also got uh i think it's the guy that kills Giovanni Lombardo Radice in the, the Fulci film. He also is in the Way Too Long Shootout and Cannibal Apocalypse. They they are all in everything. You've got a great cast. Like, what a great description. What is his name? Venantino Venantini. And I just went off and gave you, like, four scenes from his career because I'm wet-brained. Robert Kerman. You've got the the fucking cameraman whose name I'm not even going to try and come up with from Cannibal Apoc- uh, Cannibal Holocaust, rather. It's just a mess. I mean, it's really cool borrowed sequences, and I, I get the effort, but to me, it seems like nothing more than an attempt to get a movie back into uh, the circuit and to make some money off Cannibal films again, to the extent that they went and filmed in the same town that Cannibal Holocaust was filmed in. It's just, it looks like it, it feels like it, and it's just way too over the top. It's like an asylum knockoff in modern terms, of an upcoming horror movie. And I like Umberto Lindsay, despite the fact I just shit all over him. Well, I mean, like, with Ferox, you really can separate horror fans from the edgelords with this film, because you have horror fans who are interested in story, yes, violence, um, tone, uh, a certain amount of darkness to things, and people who appreciate horror... And the people who really get into Cannibal Ferris go, that's a, that's a great fucking movie. I, I, I'll watch it all the time. I watch it once a year. Tells me you're just more interested in just seeing some hardcore fucking shit. You're the kind of people that watch gore compilations on YouTube and like, you know, you love Faces of Death and all that sort of thing. And I'm just not personally into that kind of shit. 
I like appreciate horror for all the different ways in which it I can. I don't know. I mean, and, I, I wouldn't include Faces of Death so much into the hardcore underground gore scene anymore. I think a lot of people, and just speaking for myself, that are still into weird titles like Faces of Death are in it for the unique, fake nature of it, especially something like oh, that. Oh, well, with Faces of Death specifically, yes. I'm more talking about the further iterations of the, like the, the many death traces faces. of death and all the actual hardcore ones that are like South American wreck footage and war footage. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying like Faces of Death isn't significantly hardcore. Core. I I enjoy it for its kitschy nature. I still every now and again like to watch that movie when I get really baked, just because hey, I'm really high and it's kind of I don't know moderately. It's a death is fucking clown shoes. That movie is yeah, goddamn ridiculous. It's great if you've uh, you know had some reefer, some of the devil's lettuce. It, it's a good ride, but outside of that, I don't know how Jesus doesn't is. live here anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like with Ferox. I agree with you. I mean, who, that's I'm going there with you. I'm just defending the honor of, I guess, Faces of Death. I don't know why that's the hill I'm going to. <laughs> Fuck it. Because Faces of Death, I mean, again, it, it was along the same lines as um, Cannibal Ferox or Make Them Die Slowly at the, the video store days of just like, you got to see this hardcore shit. Yeah, and definitely. it turns out most of the hardcore shit in Faces of Death is a whole bunch of lies and, you know, fake scenes. And then later in, say, the 90s is when we just started using news footage and on clip reels and, like, gore montages of real-life shit. With really the negative people... narrations. They always had really awful narrations. Like, it was an unwed mother with a bastard child, and she burned to death on this bridge, not because of faulty brakes, but because of her bastard child that burned to death. And then a bunch of autopsy photos of dead babies. Like, those are the really fucked ones that... It's questionable why people need them in the special edition 4K masters of it. And I think that's, like, unfortunately for me, I think that's where Ferox falls in, is into all that shit. Whereas it does have a semblance of a story and some ideas behind it. It's so much more about just watching all this depravity and getting off on it. And I just don't personally get off on this much violence in a film that doesn't have some sort of story. It is effective, though. If you want to affect somebody negatively, because I, I do remember, um, the, uh, was it 2020, the ABC News Magazine show in the 80s? They were doing a thing about violent horror films. And do your, your do parents know what their children are watching? I remember Chaz Ballon was actually an interview for this. And they completely fucked up the whole model because the kids, they were showing them watching Evil Dead 2. And, like, having a great time. Oh, the kids, they get off on watching these obscene horror films. And then what do they show the parents of the kind of horror films that their children are watching? Fucking Cannibal Ferox. That's a hard right turn. Yeah, that's a very, very massive difference. Yeah, that's and a lot of kids weren't watching shit like Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox. I know I was because I was a weird little motherfucker. But, I mean, that's... Apart from all the slumber parties I went to, there's not many cannibal films at, the, at any of those. Maybe Day of the Dead was about as hardcore as it got. I remember being 14 or 15 and kids still being excited about watching The Exorcist and stealing their parents' booze. So, I mean, if that says anything for how deep horror culture got into middle America, it, it didn't really seep in that deep. There, ha there, there are many of us. The horror nerd has become legion. But it really isn't that rabid that people are sitting around in groups. Nowadays, yeah, people are sitting around and watching Cannibal Ferox in groups because it's on fucking Blu-ray by Grindhouse. But in 19, even like 2004, it's not like it was going by the troves and everyone was coming to see something so graphic. It, it really has remained unknown until 
I think the more edgier part of the horror scene kind of adopted it as it's one of the best things ever. Fuck Cannibal Holocaust. And that's the internal argument between Lindsay and Diodato. I'll always give it to Lindsay. He created the genre. Sure. Whatever. Whatever that means, because it's a fucking dead genre. So it's, again, an odd hill to die on. What matters more? Holocaust is better. Regero just made a, a better product, a better movie, and it has... Some, 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 uh, it has something to stand for, and Ferox on its own really doesn't. It's a graphic display of violence, and it's great, man. I, I like it for that aspect because there's always going to be a part of me that loves gore. I think there's always that part of any horror fan that loves well executed gore, and this really is. It's, it's, it's shocking. It really gets to you. I mean, and Giovanni Lombardo Redice. It's just kind of, it's just shocking. And I think that Holocaust has. It needs more than just shock. It has more than just shock, but also it's a little bit more shocking even because it has an emotional element to it, and it really goes for uh, kind of a mental component. And Ferox is, again, using the term, it's just a geek show. It's just like it's gore footage and just over and over again, and you don't particularly care for any of the characters. But like in Holocaust, when you see these people you've been following in this found footage that you genuinely like don't want to see ripped apart, and then you see them being the awful sons of bitches that they turn out to be that really flips the script on you. And it really kind of, it makes you a little bit like more kind of uh, a part of their death. It makes you complicit in their death as well. Cause you honestly, at a certain point kind of want to watch them die. So it kind of fucks with you emotionally and cannibal Ferox again, it's just like it's gore for the sake of gore and for the sake of being incredibly extreme. I can get behind a lot of Lindsay's statements that there is a deeper message for the movie, but as you were just bringing up when you're exposed to how awful the characters truly are in Cannibal Holocaust, when the wonderful Giovanna Lombardo Radice is introduced in Ferox as Mike Logan, right off the bat he's just a prick. There's no, like, turning around for this character. And the, the three beforehand, you've got a very ditzy, I-don't-want-to-be-here character, and then two kind of, like, soulless carbon copies of each other. We're brother and sister, and we're in the jungle. And nothing comes from that. So you've got this big display of nothing and these pretty much airhead, paper-thin characters uh, having air, airhead, paper-thin conversations. And then comes in Johnny Rads, and he's just vicious right off the bat. He, you know, he, he's doing drugs. He's hurtful. He's just a negative character. Within, what, five minutes of him being introduced, it's when the whole, like, hey, you want to rape a native girl character scene comes forward. So there's nothing redeeming at all. Like, you don't even get a chance to really go like well man i didn't see that coming and that's one of the graces of cannibal holocaust is the old switcheroo because you really don't see it coming until it hits you like a mac truck and all throughout ferox you're just kind of waiting you know holding your breath in like when the fuck's this gonna end because it's not that it's a bad ride it's just not a good ride it's a very it's just an assault ride. it's an assault on your senses the entire yeah. time it just doesn't fucking stop and it's just like by the time they're cutting off johnny rad's top of his skull it's just like all right, I've fucking had it. How like when is this shit gonna be over with? I am done with this. And then it truly runs out of steam at that point. Like they knew, like all right, there's no, nobody's gonna hang on too much from here, and the movie falters. I mean, there are some really weird scenes, even some uh, some of the animal abuse sequences, like the piranha shot. Lindsay wanted to get the you know they had caught piranhas. He went and had natives catch piranhas and wanted them to attack the guy's leg, but they couldn't keep them alive out of water, so they just sewed a fucking piranha to his pants to catch that scene. And that's, like, right... That's at one of the points when the movie's nearing its finale, and you're like, 
what the fuck? Just why? Why does it just keep going? Why? Why is it going and going and going? Is it ever going to stop? And it's not that you're exasperated completely by the assault on your senses. It's just because it actually is somewhat senseless in its nature. It's like, all right, more effects. Uh, all right. Well, this is actually bringing up an interesting point for me because when uh, Eli Roth's Green Inferno came out, I watched it. <laughs> uh, comment on that on Green Inferno. The most violent scene of the film is the first scene of like cannibalistic violence. And then like subsequently to that, you have like scenes of like CGI ants attacking a person. And it's like Eli Roth. Have you ever seen a cannibal film? Because the way you're supposed to do this, you're supposed he to. He wrote the fucking liner notes build. for the the cannibal holocaust release, and I actually back that statement up. Did you ever watch any of them? I mean, fuck. And you know, I like Eli Roth. I really do. I I fucking think Cabin Fever is a great movie. Okay, I don't like Eli Roth. That's I'm a little excited here. Let me back that train up a little bit. <laughs> I'm somewhat fond of well, uh, just, Cabin what Fever. What was but... offensive about the film <laughs> to me was just like you. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing the cannibal genre back. It's like, but you, you didn't not. know what you're doing there's a crescendo to this it's a there's a build to it and you shot your wad off so early you have the complete dismemberment of this character his eyeballs taken out and then you're having fucking fart jokes and cgi ants after that that is not how this genre works you have to build to these things that should have been like the last death the most violent death you don't put that one as the first one and then go into all this other like crazy weird shit and like it's just it was like wrongly edited more than anything and it just like it was kind of offensive to me in that statement because it's like you're supposed to be part of this like grindhouse culture and you really didn't know what the fuck you were doing with this and it kind of like after that initial death it just putters the fuck out and there's like 35 more minutes and i'm just already i'm bored at this point okay so i actually have a list Hank's must-have list for a cannibal film. So correct me if I'm wrong, and we can add to this, but a cannibal film has to have rape. It's got to have scumbag white people. It has to have senseless violence and murder. Animal death, or animal cruelty, whatever you want to call it. A killer fucking soundtrack. It's got to have an amazing soundtrack and an exotic Preferably location. Italian disco, but yes. go ahead. It, most certainly Italian disco. Like, we don't want Tom York working anywhere near... In a, a cannibal <laughs> film, like nothing like the Suspiria soundtrack, which I liked. I actually liked the Suspiria remake soundtrack. It's just not fucking Suspiria. And then it's got to have exotic locations. That's Hank's must-haves for a cannibal film. Now, The Green Inferno included quite a bit of those, but still, I, I don't know. This might make sense to you. Maybe the audience will get it. The Green Inferno felt like a fucking 1996 Miramax movie. It felt like an offshoot, shitty Children of the Corn sequel. It just, uh, it had no vibe, no feeling, and I was brought in just like you what hooked me and what got me excited was like i'm a fan of cannibal movies and as we were talking earlier about the whole edgelord crowd i don't know where everybody fits into it so maybe i'm one of those people i'm not trying to insult the entire audience but i i love the cannibal genre i love it for its brutality i'm a fan of cannibal ferox to an extent i don't like it but i'm a fan of it if that makes sense Holocaust, I have some adoration for, and it's really because of how uncomfortable it makes me and the emotion it makes me feel. Like, Man from Deep River is another example. A very racist film, and I, its level of xenophobia and racism and something I will give Lindsay credit for with a, a very deep message of colonialism, it's an uncomfortable movie because of that aspect. So it's point... But it's also at, offset by, like, a weird love story that's going on. And uh, Man from Deep River, Deep River, where it's just it's kind of odd where like uh, I, Ivan Isamoff, 
I believe that's I, a, Ivan Razumov. Um, what? That wasn't an Ivan Razumov. Razumov, that's correct. Um, ooh, get my look at the I, brain I'm on Hank. Shit with names, but um, anyway, like you have him, you have Mimi Lay, and they've got this kind of love story thing going on, which kind of like it brightens the whole experience up. And we've taken all that away for Ferox, and in Ferox, it's just it's just in a pit with fucking guts and grew and you're just bathing in it. And I don't particularly like that feeling. I think Diodato did the same thing as Ferox though with, um, I, I, I the name is just leaving my head. The second film with Razumov and uh, Mimi Lay. It was actually, I think Lindsay was going to direct it. It ended up going Eaten to alive. Yeah, I think whatever Diodato's first entry to the cannibal genre. Was. Oh, jungle, uh, jungle Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know Razumov's in it, at somewhat Mimi Lay dies and it's sort of a reversal of that story but for the most part it's just really 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 violent and a great expose on the ability of um Vergero Diodato as as a photographer as a really great he has a great eye and when he transitioned into Cannibal Holocaust I think he managed to actually pull some meaning out of his first experience and foray going into a, a cannibal picture because he had a bit more of a political message with this he had uh, from what I understand, a lot of disdain for the media and how, you know, you can turn on your TV even to this day. And all it is is doom and gloom and violence and a negative representation. And it's just a constant footprint left into the universe of fucking literal negativity. And his especially disdain, I feel, of the American involvement in the Vietnam War, and which was very imperialistic, going in and pretty much destroying and with something we did later in Afghanistan and this kind of a career move for the United States, going in and just destroying and brutalizing places and people and having the utmost no respect to even apologize or help out later on for their own gain, specifically for its own gain in almost every occasion that you can point your finger at. I mean, I, that's I, what I would feel would be, like, the basis, you know what I mean, of where he was diving into with what the representation of the three characters that go into the Amazon are. That it's not like they're just a film crew. I think it is, you know, the big... Oh, yeah, yeah, colo- you know, I mean, It's colonialism. We'll get more into Holocaust here shortly, because we still got to talk about Cannibal Holocaust. We, I mean, we've had drawn a lot of comparisons between the two, because they are very intertwined. Uh, you've got uh, your whole but- song and dance, yeah. This is the fun part of the show. Yeah, so uh, this is the part of the show where we uh, talk about, geez, Hank, why do you think Cannibal Ferox got banned on the Video Nasties list? Could it possibly mm. be everything? Could it be everything that is in this film and the sheer fact that this is one of the ones that really set it off? These are the kind of films that are the ones that the, the BBFC and the, like created the BBFC and all this stuff that really jump-started this whole banning movies because... These were pretty fucking hardcore, and uh, maybe a couple of the zombie movies from Italy. But Italy, I think, almost single-handedly began the uh, bad movies in the UK because these are the ones that really push people over the edge. I mean, you had stuff like Driller Killer and some other things we'll be talking about a little bit later. But really, it was it's a lot of the Italian hyper-gore movies that really pushed uh the uk over the edge and wanting to start banning these things so yes everything in cannibal ferox is what got it banned do you have a specific list of of the scenes that got it banned or is it just everything pretty much every i mean like pretty much any scene of violence in it would have gotten it banned and just the overall grim tone of it just yeah no, why would anybody want to watch this it's going to make a bunch of serial killers it, it truly sort of does thing. fascinate me though just to know that gentlemen like peter krueger sat down in an office and had to sit and watch you know 20 30 movies in a day and at some point in his day it was something like cannibal ferox and 
just this guy's reaction. I mean, I and I don't know. I guess it's just a weird thought in my head. I wonder what type of films he liked in general. I mean, this guy was a very uh, high-ranking police officer in Scotland Yard, a very esteemed guy, and he was given this job. So, I mean, I'm not trying to call him a cocksucker and hate on him too much because he was just doing whatever his job was given to him. And in this case, it was um, Nazi-esque-ish banning art to a lot of extents. But I, it's it's just weird. I wonder if he liked movies before he got into this. If he had I don't a think certain... he gave a shit about movies. <laughs> I think he was kind of a military-style dude who just didn't yeah. understand any form of art and just like, well, this is going to corrupt some people. We got to get rid of this shit. Well, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of interviews with him that, I mean, I don't know how recent they are. I'd say in the last 20 years and you hear him talk and, you know, I don't want to give sympathy to the devil, but he, he definitely seems a bit like a sympathetic guy. And he talks specifically about some of the films that he, he had seen and some of his reactions to them. And he has a rather human reaction to things. He has a really, I, I, I don't, I don't really want to Catholic. Yeah, I don't want to demonize him, but it's really interesting. I'm just interested in what type of things these people were interested in, what their hobbies were, what they got off on that got on this high horse and were willing to ban things. You know, did you like Westerns? Do you like operas? What were you into? Because every form of art, Westerns and operas, using those as examples, are pretty hyper-violent when you get to their cores and what the operas are about and what, you know, most Westerns are always really dreadful and always have some form of gunfight or... Indians killing people and scalping them like something awful tends to always happen. So where I don't know, I'm just confused as to what this line was that was drawn in the sand outside excessive of... violence that made people like fucking sick to watch. I mean, yes, the idea of someone getting scalped is one thing, but actually seeing someone get scalped yeah. and for those people to see like the, the, the like the nouveau way of special effects from the 70s and 80s where it looked very realistic, especially on bootleg tapes and fourth generation dubs to where like saying that again all those seams and the the special effects uh were like completely wiped out by fuzz and it all looked very very real that really pushed people over the edge into like oh my god is this real is it not real especially when you add all the uh the animal cruelty from these films to like really blur those lines i'm sure it just like it sent people completely over the edge well, you see, my rambling actually brought forward a nice little segment here with, with Death by DVD. So let's get to the book. Let's get to the basics. What's this yeah. worth? Let's get to the book, uh, The Art of the Nasties by Nigel Wingrove and Mark Morris and what their entry has to say about Cannibal Ferox. Issued in the U.S. as Make Them Die Slowly, this one came out on British video uncut in August of 1982 and swiftly ended up on the band list. It was later re-released in new packaging, with a very large informal 18 certificate on the cover after numerous cuts have been made at the suggestion of the BBFC. I don't know. I, it's probably still um, not fully banned in the UK, but a lot of the uh, animal scenes are probably completely cut out of the film. Uh, and as far as looking for the original, uh, what is it? Replay was the, the video label it came out on. The, uh, the I knew PAL, I was wrong. The, uh, PAL a pre-certificate VHS uh, could not find one for sale D- couldn't find the last time one had sold so I'm not real sure what uh, Cannibal Ferox is going for on the open market uh, the original you know, uh, UK version of it but I did find a um, sealed big box of Make Them Die Slowly for like 400 fucking dollars so if you're interested in that track it down I may be incorrect, but I do believe in the North American market, Grindhouse Pictures owns the rights to Ferox and Holocaust, and both are out of print on Blu-ray and DVD. 
I don't think they're they're I don't think anybody has them in print right now. Now you're you're looking toward the secondary market on this shit at this point. You're gonna have to pay exorbitant prices on eBay for a lot of these films. Just the nature of how uh, media is now, how uh, actual physical media is. They're gonna make two thousand if you don't buy one of those two thousand. I mean, look at something like Vinegar Syndrome and like uh, what was it they put out recently? Rad. Oh yeah, that was it, the big boy. It's sold out in what a day and. By the end of that day, there are copies on eBay for $250 now, which I find personally disgusting, but that's not Vinegar Syndrome's fault. That's just the way the market works now, and it just, I don't know. I, th- I think that whole thing is just kind of fucking ridiculous, the way the, the whole eBay crowd works now. To an extent, I can understand where people really get excited about it, and especially a boutique label like Vinegar Syndrome, because it's almost like going back to the video store when you're shopping for something. But because of the slipcover game and collectibles, I mean, it's essentially Pokemon cards for horror fans, and I like the slipcovers. I I don't have a give a shit if I get them or if I don't. My only problem and what led me to beginning to buy them is once you get three on your shelf and you've got ten other movies on there, they kind of look like shit without the slipcover. So you can appease some, uh, you know, part of your mind by having a cool-looking shelf, or you just collect them inherently for no reason. And that's what a lot of people do. It sucks, but hey, Evil Town is like 300 bucks on eBay. I don't know why, but it is. Because it's limited copies, and that's just the way it works. I just don't like the idea. I mean, again, this is has nothing to do with any of the companies that do the, the way they release this. Because they no, can I, we both worship so at the temple of Vinegar Syndrome. Into making so many copies before it becomes not profitable for them. The problem is the people who buy them specifically to sell them on the secondary market and yeah, the mark up the prices the to ridiculous astronomical prices, which I just think you're not a real fucking fan. You're a scalper, and I don't have any respect for scalpers because, like, there's somebody out there who really wanted a copy of Rad, and since they weren't, like, their opening fucking day or didn't know about it that day, well, fuck you, pay me fucking $300 for it now. Snooze you lose, asshole. Ah, fuck that attitude. All right, that seems to wrap up Ferox, so we can get into Cannibal Holocaust, a movie we've been talking about for a while anyway, so it's not going to be that much different in the conversation, but as a lot of people have recently watched Make, uh, make Them Dice, like Cannibal Holocaust on um, The Last Drive-In this last season, um, a lot of people had problems with it. A lot of people tuned out, refused to watch it. And on Shudder right now, uh, they have just the Joe Bob segments that you can watch without having to watch the movie because people felt that strongly about it. And I think a lot of people started um, donating to charity, to like a sea turtle charity, and so, like it, just specifically because Shudder was showing this film. Well, on top of that, I think a lot of people actually saw the movie, though, and a lot of people, because I've complained about this, and we've talked about Cannibal Holocaust and my feelings on it pretty regularly since the, uh, the old Death by DVD reboot or whatever the fuck we call it. I have always had a lot of passion for this movie and was excited for those that did get to see it, and... Um, I don't remember when it happened. I've got two of them, thanks to the great Art Ettinger. But Diodato was selling little plushy turtles that all went to a, a charity for it. And again, with Make Them Die Slowly, Cannibal Ferox, uh, it's not—it's—it's uh, not excusable. I will not defend the animal violence. I can tell you the defense that both directors have for it that I've heard them talk about. I don't have a defense for it. I think it's deplorable. I don't care about it telling parts of the story i personally you know if i was doing this would wouldn't include something of that 
facet whatsoever. It doesn't fucking matter, though. It's a, a piece of art. It is quite dated. You have the defense that there weren't even laws for such things back then, and I know common sense should should come into place with it, but you have the arguments that the animals were used to help villagers and that people were fed off of it and yada, 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 yada. It's like a few episodes ago we had to cover the burning, and there's a lot of things that you can say about Harvey Weinstein and Weinstein in general, but it just, we all know the argument. We, we all know the right thing, I think, and I hope. We all know that what is presented and shown in Ferox and Holocaust and any abuse of animals, even to the extent of what was captured for, I mean, this is a good argument, what was captured in Apocalypse Now, now, that, that, that killing of the ox was ritualistic, and it was purely captured after Coppola's wife had seen the ritual and thought that this is a good idea, Let, let's put it on film. But you are still filming the abuse of an... You know what I mean? There's an argument that can be had at any angle you want to look at this as it, it being a deplorable act. And again, like this has been three minutes of me pretty much wasting time talking about Cannibal Holocaust because we have to get over this goddamn hump. Anytime it's discussed, the animal brutality, it is deplorable. On all means, I completely agree, but I don't know, at least they didn't just stab the piggy in this one, okay? I mean, uh, which we didn't even tell the story. Giovanni Lombardo Radice got his revenge, apparently cut somebody's hand in half over that piggy, so that's a part of the argument, you know, piggy was avenged. I don't know, you talked for a while. <laughs> I'm not saying anything good. Well, like, with uh, Cannibal Holocaust... I think, as I was saying earlier, what really makes this one work and why it's the pinnacle of this genre, uh, a lot of it has to do with the found footage aspect of it and the fact that it brings a certain amount of reality to it. Because despite there being some real animal cruelty in Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust, with that found footage aspect, really brings in a sense of reality. And that reality is hard to take at times. Um, because like the Robert Kerman stuff in it is very much a film. It very much feels like actors. But when you get to the footage of the the Americans who go in to basically take advantage of all these different tribes, that feels. I mean, it's obviously fucking acting. For Christ's sakes, they're dubbed. Um, but well, I at think the that's same a big time, point of how it was filmed, though. That that all the parts with Kerman and all the. Uh, New York scene city parts and all the NYU shots are all done on 35 millimeter and then everything with with Jack and the crew are all 16 so you really have a distinction of what you're coming upon and I mean we'll get into this a little bit later of how the style's been ripped off but really this was transcending with Mondo and Rizzo Rolani's soundtrack I mean he I think it was Mondo Bizarro he worked on a very early Mondo so I think his experience with that and what he brought to the table with his soundtrack and this almost pleasurable softcore kind of porn soundtrack makes everything twice as nasty, makes everything twice as uncomfortable. It's the counterpoint. For you. It's yeah. when you counterpoint the music to the brutality that's on the screen because it's very pleasant music. It's it's it almost makes you tear up just hearing the songs on their own. But then when you add it to this incredibly graphic imagery um, it makes the whole experience a lot more thoughtful and makes it feel a lot more reality-based. Uh, even though that sounds kind of fucking ridiculous, it, it makes it filmic, but at the same time... It, well, that's what I was it, talking about earlier, using that fucking bullshit term, neorealism, but it really does have that like late 50s, early 60s kind of French feeling to it. I mean, the Italians did it as well, but it really crosses boundaries because as you begin watching the footage until you know 
how awful Alan and company is, you, you believe in it. You are almost worried and panicked and you're watching this adventure and then you bounce back to reality and it's becoming... It's not necessarily hazy. The four walls aren't being broken. You're very well structured and you know what's going on, but the, the believability and knowing like the soundtrack there's even a point where somebody says while they're editing the movie oh i added a little bit of background music and you just are made to believe that you're watching the real that you're a part of this experience as well as dr monroe and all these professors and the tv company executives that are involved and that you are truly a part of this vicious vicious experience and i think that's one reason why it offends you uh, successfully into where ferox is just like ah, i'm not offended but uh, just get on with the fucking show, if that you know made any sense. Well, and it, again, like Cannibal Holocaust really knows how to build because if you watch Cannibal Holocaust and a lot of you as you did recently, the first hour of it really drags. There's not much going on in it. Yeah, there's some animal. The first like, hour also scenes. tells the entire story, though. I mean, that's really, really something to look as you as you were traveling with. Dr. Monroe is all of the horror unfolds before you. You find the turtle shell. You find the guide's body. You see you're given massive red herrings and or albatrosses across their necks, whatever reference you like, the entire way through until you get to that one point of they find the film canisters and, you know, shit hits the and fan. This is where we where Eli Roth comes in of this is how a film peaks and Cannibal Holocaust fucking peaks because once you get to the last, I'd say, 25, 30 minutes of the film, I wouldn't say it's boring by any stretch of the imagination, but you've heard all these things over the years of how intense this movie is, and it doesn't feel quite that intense. I mean, there's some intense scenes, definitely. But then when you get to the, the where they find the footage and you watch all the, uh, the depravity that was going on, it just really makes you sick to your fucking stomach. It really puts that pit right inside of you. And I misspoke. Rizzo Rolani worked on Mondo Kane. I don't remember what I said beforehand, but yeah. (laughs) It just, I'm sorry. Cut you right off there, didn't I? Yeah, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And I think that's a lot of what makes this film work is that build. It doesn't just assault you the entire time. It saves its major assault for the very end of the film. And it just, it really fucking assaults you. And it doesn't get to the point where you're just like, being beaten down like Ferox does. This one doesn't beat you down until the end, and when you're beaten down, you're fucking on the ground. You've been stomped on the floor by the end of Cannibal Holocaust, and a lot of it just has to do with the tone of the film and how dark that tone is, because as good of an actor as um, Giovanni Roberto Redice is, it's still acting, and it's very obvious acting. And then when you get to something like Cannibal Holocaust, none of this feels like acting. It feels like something real playing out before your eyes. And even when you get down to when the uh, the people are being dismantled at the end, it's not like flashy special effects shots where you get angles and, you know, what, what, what angle does it look best at? It's not that. It's literally just like spears and sticks beating on a motherfucker, and that's what it, reality looks like. This is I what... think that's one of the most brutal sequences, though, is that very last scene, which, again, is just ripped off and stolen and used in any much... In, in any found footage movie these days. But what's 
en- entirely terrifying about it is you never stop filming. They don't stop. So it's not even so much a value for each other's lives, but it's never stop filming. We've got to get all this on camera no matter what. And it was all for what? Just ratings? And then you're left with that question, who's the real cannibals? None of it even really had a point outside of their own success. And that's the horrifying thing, realizing, God, they're filming their own friends dying. They're filming this brutality just hoping that they make it out to still use it for gratification of their own. And you can even relate this to like more modern society and what's been going on lately with protests, with Gestapo-style fucking police armies coming in, and people just filming peaceful protesters getting the literal shit beaten out of them by like fucking officers that do not give a fuck, that don't see these people as people. They're just like, and people are just filming it happen. Left and right, just filming people happen, and then it gets on Twitter, and some shit bag goes, "Oh, are they really peaceful protesters? Would the cops beat them for no reason?" The answer is yes. Cops like beating people, and you're fucking exploiting them, cannibal. Well, let's not even just say cops like beating people. Power likes having power, yes. and will use it to whatever excess it can. Because I don't believe blue lives matter, and I'm not going to defend the police in any fucking asset here. But just saying in general, like it, it's all cops. It's all power. It is all forms of capitalism at its its biggest extent, and that's yes. what needs to be like. That's why the police need to be defunded. That's why these things need to have their power stripped away from them. Because at this point, is it secret police? Is it government? Or is it fucking Blackwater? Is it outside organizations that are being hired and brought in and are suiting up? Because that's even scarier, and that's even more relevant to something like the Third Reich, what Hitler did with the browncoats, bringing them in to incite riots in the Jewish ghettos just to say, look how shitty the country is, though. You don't want this to happen, which is just like those ads you see Donald Trump running right now. Look at Joe Biden's America. This is what he wants. But it's actually Donald Trump's America we're living in right now that all this footage is being shot in. That's the terrifying fucking part. Well, you have assholes, and I will use names here because they are dicks and they need to be removed from popular discourse. Somebody like Andy No or Ian Miles Chong, who post clips out of context of protesters possibly beating on people, doing all this other stuff. Oh, what's the context? Oh, we found out that this guy that's getting beaten up by peaceful protesters was waving a fucking sword at people. They're defending themselves against them, and you're not going to show that context because what you're politically trying to do is saying, oh, no, 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 the cops need to be here. They need to be being these people. They're all savages and thugs. Fuck you, because, I mean, that's it's generally the same thing as something like Cannibal Holocaust. You're using your footage to support your fucking message that you're trying to get out and your fascist message at that, because you believe in fascism. You do. You believe in Donald Trump's fascism. I think that exactly is the point of Cannibal Holocaust, going back to my hardcore political rant before we did the end of Ferox. That at its very core in nature, what's trying to be exposed and what you were just bringing up is people using certain things and trying to expose falsities. When you look at Alan and his his people's careers, they went to Vietnam, they went to Cambodia, they paid people to get this footage, they paid people to shoot and massacre others, they set fire to villages, they raped and then went back and filmed. Look at this poor abused person and a lot of the things and uh, atrocities that unfold as you're watching Cannibal Holocaust are all the butterfly effect of things that they have done. 
Now it's mixing with the actual brutality of animal violence. But what's more alarming itself is the effect essentially of colonialism, of Big Brother, of the constant negativity coming from uh, any source of power with its throat on or with its boot on the throat of mankind generally. That's what is being exposed to you. And I think that's the most alarming, offensive part of Cannibal Holocaust is when you're truly realizing how awful these people are. And at the end of the movie, you get that little bullshit. I'll have all this footage burned, but that still doesn't say you're sorry at all. And even taking this reference to a, a weirdly more political route, uh, essentially that's kind of what started uh, the the World Trade Center bombing is Al Qaeda was just really fucking pissed that the United States went in, backed them, trained them, taught them how to fight, bombed the fuck out of their country, helping them, and then left and left it in absolute ruins as to where you can look up what Afghanistan looked like in the 70s and it looked like any city. It looked just like any other place that you can imagine with your eyes closed. Think of New York. Well, maybe that's a little bit big, but think of Cincinnati <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> Afghanistan was a blooming country before it was devastated by the Russians and the United States, and they got really fucking pissed over it. I'm not defending Mujahideen or Al-Qaeda in, in any sense of the way. I'm just trying to use it as an example of uh, modern-day colonialism, American colonialism, which this movie is a representation of, at force. They attacked back twice, and in this essence... Everyone died. Everyone, you go into this and everyone dies. And they, I mean, this is more, uh, I think, successfully titled Make Them Die Slowly because it is rather torturous when everyone goes out. Yeah, and it's just. The I go whole on thing, weird I mean, just, I'm if sorry. you can relate the characters from Cannibal Holocaust to, uh, to other people, someone like, I don't know, fucking asshole James Woods who just, oh, fuck that motherfucker. Well, here's a here's a, a prime example of just James Wood's awesome political stances. Pulls footage from five or six years ago of like a couple of black people in a like a fight, and then posts it like it's some sort of Black Lives Matter protest. Well, this is what we're trying to save you from. Unrelated footage of just some people who have a disagreement and got into a fight because that's what's being posted on specifically conservative leaning Twitters right now is. Like, just random scenes of black people committing violence. But it's not racist. This isn't about race. It's, we need the police to protect us from these savages. Fuck you, James Woods. Well, there's a lot of other bullshit that I, I think, there's a lot of shit that people don't, uh, how do I want to start this sentence off? <laughs> yeah, I got to think about this for a second. Um. There's a lot of opinions and attitudes that white people have in this situation, and I, I don't know how to say it, but this re I, I don't know, white tears and white thoughts just don't matter right now. And I was reading earlier, um, I'm a fan of the Cro-Mags, New York Hardcore, they're a great band. They've had a lot of turmoil over who owns the name and who owns the band now, and right now Harley Flanagan, the, uh, you know, guy pretty much created the band, wrote their best albums, uh, is the lead bassist. He runs the band right now, and he posted a, a questionable status about, you know, Black Lives Matter, and I'm paraphrasing here. Please, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but Black Lives Matter, and I get that, and he has stated he's not trying to, to shit on the movement using his own words, but more black-on-black -black violence is committed by black people, you know, and it's this this overwhelming 
stupidity that I just don't understand of what does that have to fucking do with what's going on? Black it's a lives completely matter. separate fucking problem. And, and you're a, a white man looking in, though. Police violence. I just don't understand the concept of, like, you You might have been affected, and, like, Harley Flanagan is a career uh, non-racist, sharp skinhead. He's been a skinhead his whole life. He claims to be the first New York skinhead. And I'm sure he's faced a lot of problems, but none of those problems, all you, you being a skinhead, you fucking caused the problems your entire life. So everything that's happened to you bad with the police is because you self-imposed a certain way. So you're trying to relate to African-Americans saying, well, I've been judged by my looks, too. Hold on a second. One thing's not like the other. And you can't just look at this. Uh, state. Well, there's a lot of black on black violence. It's a lot of white on white violence. Doesn't it alarm you, though, that the police are literally taking people out of a certain color? It's not one or two. It's not. Ca- it's, this is the first case in 150 years. It's like fucking hunting season. If you're black, I would be afraid to go outside because of fucking white police officers. It's it's fucking horrifying. And some black police officers because it's systematic racism that's that's the whole imperialism and it's going directly back to these people walking into the jungle with their cameras and setting fire to the villages i mean one of the most horrific sequences is this brutal gang rape and then you get i i think the the trademark image the most heart-stopping image in cannibal holocaust the girl on the bicycle seat scene the the impaled woman scene and you know i mean that to me i think is the most disgusting sequence out of everything because they catch him alan on camera and somebody has to say hey we're filming because he's smiling and he's just like he is so into the fact that they impaled this girl because they all raped her and he is just relishing the moment and that's horrifying that's more scary than freddy krueger or michael myers texas chainsaw massacre to an extent that one sequence of his enjoyment because there's a face to the madness there's an actual face to that inhumanity and it is a white american male aged 18 to 49 and that's horrifying yeah and i mean if you uh, really get break it down all these news stories are starting to come out now that all these scenes on video of all this riots being started oh who burned that church down in in tennessee oh white nationalists Who's the dude who started breaking into autos or like started busting windows at AutoZone uh, in Minneapolis to get this whole fucking thing started? Oh, turns out that guy's a white. Na- oh, a bunch of white nationalists are starting fucking violence and blaming it on black people. Would we call them white nationalists, though? It almost gives it like a human face. It almost makes it so- sound like some political party. They're Nazis. They're scum Nazis. fucking Nazis, which we we fought against once. We We fought a fucking war against these people, but now we accept them with open arms into our own home, which, again, reverting back to like the formula of a, of cannibal movies like Man from Deep River. The, the the savages, these awful savages like you're exposed to in Mondo movies, kind of after a hazing period, let him come into, you know, open arms. But he still refers to the child as like his bastard baby. The I can't do a fucking Isaac Razumov uh, impersonation, <laughs> but there's just this uh, racist tone to everything. And I get like uh, Lindsay's attempt at being progressive but in the long run the movie's just got an inherently racist overtone and i think a lot of that follows through not just with his work but the cannibal genre in general because you in some essences like uh, the robert kerman character is accepted into the cannibal the savage's home and he goes through the rites of passage with them and he eats the, the meat the flesh of another person despite showing them as an understanding people you still have this display of they're just 
uneducated savages, that there is no really extension that they're actually human beings, they're people, that we're all people, everyone's people, and they had their whole entity in their own world until a whole idea of people that moved in that didn't fucking agree with it. I'm just trying to use loose terms instead of always applying something to it, so an umbrella term of people move in and they just want what they want. There's no worry about the thought of somebody else. It's it's pure selfishness, and I think it's a, a representation of the outsiders. You know, when you're an American, you think, uh, when you're anybody, you don't think people hate you. If you're a human being, you don't want to think everyone around you hates you. But as an American, the whole world hates us. Everybody hates us. Everybody looks at us, and they're really upset. And they're not just disappointed. They hate us. And yeah, cannibal same, holocaust Somewhat rightfully so, because you go in, you burn their village down. Rape their women. And then you pick up a camera. And start going, whoa, look what's going on here. Somebody burned the village down. I mean, it's it's still applying to today what um, Diodato was doing in Cannibal Holocaust. Well, I mean, look at our president. He calls places like Puerto Rico a shithole after a hurricane completely devastates it and he refuses to help whatsoever, even though it's part of U.S. territory. You don't care about your people at all. You care about how you look at the end of the day, which... Alan and his crew were award-winning. They were really successful, and it was because of lies, slander, murder, rape, torture, uh, bad stuff. And a whole bunch of dog whistling and a bunch of other bullshit. The suburbs are going to go away. I'm protecting the suburbs. What the fuck does that mean? Suburbs, what are you protecting the sur- suburbs from? Uh, zoning Cannibals. and, uh, oh, gotcha, dog whistling that we're going to keep all the black people and the Latinos, we're going to keep all the brown people out of the suburbs because it's not fair that you've worked so hard to get your white-only neighborhood. Fuck you. And that's, I mean, that's where we're at as a society. We haven't changed significantly since the days of Cannibal Holocaust. We're still there. We're still fighting, and the fight will continue to go on. But the positive thing is fascism doesn't win it's never won it doesn't have the numbers to win a and at the end of the day it's a cancerous fucking philosophy they will all consume themselves they always fucking do so you just have to keep fighting the fascists over and over again you'll predominantly usually win so keep that in mind you will win you will win there's you have the numbers you will beat the fascists you just have to not get discouraged in fighting the fascists I was going to say the one good thing is that most of our audience is from the UK, so they'll maybe agree with these tangents and rants, because I think we've just alienated our American audience. Ah, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. You know, God bless the Queen. Bring us over there. We'll do a Death by DVD towards the UK, right? Yeah, they they got their own streak of fucking asshole white nationalists as well so whatever you guys well, got alarmingly problems. that's what's taking over you know it's it's a really strange era and it's weird how the left and right will always use 1984 as the biggest reference and i think that's kind of a problem is everyone's expecting this and it's happening and no one's really doing anything about it and the people that are are absolutely villainized and when it comes back to cannibal holocaust there's nothing really done about it robert kerman at the end of the movie has this sentimental statement which i've always kind of laughed at of who's the real cannibals as he walks off smoking his pipe but the devastation and ruin and like cataclysmic like destruction of a society that these people laid down like old testament god like up oh, who's the real cannibals and that's the part end. of the that's problem the though is what we need to burn this footage 
no, don't burn the footage. Expose the footage. Show exactly. it for what it is. There needed Show to be reparations. Show the fucking white imperialists for what they are, for the demons that they fucking are. You can't protect, and, and that's what it is. You're protecting and covering up for them. People don't need to see this. No, the, the world needs to see how awful people actually are. War crimes need to be uncovered. These, I mean, using that in the essence of things that happen in the real world. But for Cannibal Holocaust, that, that was the resolution. The movie just ends with, like, what do you mean you burned it? What the fuck? This 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 needed to be shown of how these people are being treated, and and even to this day, I mean, most of the goddamn Amazon's gone. It'll be gone in what sixty years. It'll be a big old parking lot. You'll be able to see uh, robot versions of the Dave Matthews Band playing in the Amazon parking lot within the next sixty years. I'm sure the Grateful Dead hologram tour led by John Mayer will be there too. The whole world as we know it doesn't fucking matter because imperialism has won. Fascism never wins, but imperialism truly has, and that's. I mean, look at what China is. It has become what the anime Akira looked like. It's it's kind of freaky that these techno-cyber cities truly do exist. The future Elon Musk wants for us all, the bizarre Blade Runner shit. It's horrifying, but the war that was raged on the Earth, I think, I think it has been lost. I think truly we've done so much damage to like the fucking ecosystem and the environment that it global warming's real. I mean, whether you want to have the argument or not, we might not go into something like the world's going to burn and we'll be left in deserts with cannibal and radiated men eating the flesh of radiated men, but still, we've fucked up the earth to an irreparable point that it's just going to go downhill. Summers are going to get hotter, winters are going to get fucking hotter, everything's going to get hotter and all the polar bears they're going to die. And all the shopping malls are closed. Um, you son of a bitch, I believe in you! But, like, I'm tired of the argument, but what about China? Yeah, China sucks. What about but all of it? Suck everything too. sucks. Everybody, no, everything sucks. No, 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 no. it's not just the country of China sucks. Point being, well, communism, look what communism is doing to China. That's not communism, it's capitalism with communism thrown on top to fucking mask its fucking horrible goddamn capitalistic state. But I'm tired of that excuse that look how horrible they are. You're just as bad. Can we not do something about what's going on here? But what about this? Yes, that is bad. This is bad. Two things can be simultaneously bad. Why can't we work on both? Why does it all have to be, well, we got to do something about China. We got to do something about ourselves too, motherfucker. Yeah, I might have used a reference of China as uh, something to put in your head of what these cities look like. But go Google the the highways in Los Angeles and how compact and how crowded and awful everything is getting here. Whatever. I was painting a picture. I wasn't trying to use China as an attack point. I know you get that, but now that you've brought it yeah, up. Yeah, well, just, it's just that's you know, what uh, I'm you dancing. get a lot of whataboutisms about China. It's like, yes, China's got some major governmental problems problems but stop trying to use Guess the guise what? of because they're communists they're not communist they have a guise of communist over it because they're capitalist who the, who's the richest country in the fucking world right now it's china that has nothing to do with communism that has everything to do with them being capitalist and america being capitalist it's all the same fucked up capitalistic system and this i is don't why... know what the well, this is why nobody, I think, would have ended up watching something like Cannibal Holocaust if it wasn't veiled in this fashion. I mean, it, it like, Cannibal Ferox is almost, 
a Wild West movie that happens to have cannibals in it. it it's just a shoot 'em up sort of thing. It's easy entertainment. Our Cannibal Holocaust has a weird application of art that lays with inside of it, has a political avenue, somewhat like Ramiro films, but not as quite in your face with the accentuation of violence. There's just something at its core overtly political and you just couldn't tackle it by using terms like capitalist and imperialism or communism or right wing or conservatives because it's boring. I mean, it's like Kramer versus Kramer. Who the fuck cares? Who? I mean, that's a <laughs> that could start a fight with some people because I'm sure people care about Kramer versus Kramer. But it's, it's I like the whole, that movie. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, you, I mean, in general, like if you'd have tackled Cannibal Holocaust about imperialism, it would have been boring as fuck. But cut that turtle's head off, kill some people. Hey, early baby, then we're going to beat it with the rock. There is some in-your-face subject matter that uh, is just as uh, grotesque and violent as Cannibal Ferox, that baby squishy scene. That's a roughin. I mean, there's a lot of over-the-top displays of violence that really could be argued are violent for the sake of violence that weren't accentuating the story when it comes to Cannibal Holocaust. But at its core, it's it's... Imperialism and politics, you just couldn't call it that way. It's dressed up in the most grotesque manner, but again, I don't think Diodato went into this movie making a cannibal movie. I think he got production money and they told him, we want you to make a cannibal movie. So he gave it the college try and he applied a lot of what he was uh, you know, politically thinking at the time. And bada bing, bada boom, there we go, dead turtles everywhere. So, this is the part of the show when I go, hey, Cannibal Holocaust, why was it banned? Everything? Is it everything? Is it almost everything that happens in this movie? Yes, it is. It was a biggie on the list. It will continue to be one of the biggest ones on this list, as well as Cannibal Ferox. I mean, that's why this show was kind of very important, because these are two that really pushed the boundaries and really got banned. And I, we all know the reasons they got banned. Well, I think the hard part about this episode right now is that we've had to use a lot of descriptions of what's current in political climate in the next two or three years the political climate's going to change so much that the you know it's hard making accurate references to things and painting a picture of how you feel just because shit changes so often but i think the motivation behind cannibal holocaust is much more than your average gore film but it truly is extreme and I mean, I think there, if it wasn't for that, obviously Blair Witch wouldn't fucking exist. And I'm so tired of hearing people make the argument that, well, no, 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 no. It ha- it's it's not the first found footage movie. You know, you've got the McPherson tapes and I'm not going to buy it. Sure. It, it mixes with uh, using the goddamn term again, neorealism, this back and forth of the four walls of cinema and what was shot on 35. And then you've got this whole different world of what's shot on 16 millimeter. But it... Fucking Blair Witch mirrors it in multiple parts of the movie, except it's got a lackluster ending, down to the exact campaign used by Ruggiero Diodato with the actors. Fuck off for a while so we can make this really sellable. Blair Witch is a carbon copy of it, and it's kind of surprising that it took 20 years for somebody to actually knock the style off, and now, 20 years after that, it's become unfortunate how knocked off the goddamn style is, and nobody manages to do something quite as magnificent as Cannibal Holocaust, which I, I truly think is, I wouldn't say the greatest film of the genre or the greatest film Ruggiero Diodato made, but I really think it's one of the most powerful horror art films of the 1980s. You know what? It is the best cannibal film. It, it fucking is. Fuck it. It has to be because a lot yeah. of them are mostly fucking junk and trash. What else would be? The only contender is Ferox, so it's, it's the best cannibal film. All right. From The Art of the Nasty. 
Cannibal Holocaust, the most notorious of all the cannibal movies and still considered by some, including certain trading standards officers, to be real to be a real snuff movie. This appeared on the shelves of UK video stores in February of 1982. Contrary to popular belief, it was not the uncut version, but had in fact been cut by 6 minutes and 24 seconds prior to release by the distributors. It is still heavily censored in Britain due to animal cruelty and eroticized sexual violence, but has been released uncut on DVD in many other countries around the world. So yes, still currently somewhat banned. I mean, it is available in the UK. It's just edited. It is censored in one way, but you can still watch the film in itself. As far as like finding a copy of it, um, on the Go label, the one that has um, a lovely painting of a cannibal man consuming someone's guts. Um, couldn't find any available, could not find the last time one sold, but I'm assuming it's pretty fucking pricey because uh, these are the granddaddies. These are the, the big ones. These are the ones that are going to be the hardest to find to buy original copies of because these are the ones that were the most banned and you had to like buy them out of somebody's trunk like you literally had to like go underground to find shit like Cannibal Holocaust in the UK in the eighties. So finding a copy of it now that is not an exorbitant price is probably going to be pretty goddamn difficult. As of August, 2020, I'm fairly certain Cannibal Holocaust is sold out. And the only owner of the North America title, as I said, is Grindhouse. So Bob Murawski reprint that shit, man. People need to see it. I think Cannibal Holocaust is something that needs to be seen. I think, uh, this, this is strap I guess, in though that it's a, yeah. I hate that term but fuck this is a movie where actually that term applies you gotta strap in you gotta sit down you gotta be ready to fucking basically blow some chunks because it's not pleasant ride to go through well I'm gonna sound I guess like an edgelord and I truly think internet criticism has ruined movies but fuck everything you've heard about this movie and you, you need to see it I don't think you can sit down and call yourself a real horror fan unless you're going to go through some some uncomfortable things you can't cherry pick and again it's it's sort of an edgelord statement i'm not making the rules and this isn't fight club but i think cannibal holocaust is just as quintessential as the evil dead and i think things like last house on the left which is judged just as much day of the woman aka spit on your grave i think they're quintessential i don't care what your personal feelings or politics are i think they are quintessential and at the end of the day if you choose to have criticism take that road and have it it doesn't matter if it's a 30 year old movie and you're saying the exact same thing a bunch of other people said say whatever the fuck you want to say do whatever you want to do but it's quintessential man you can't cherry pick you gotta go through this and I, I don't want to be that guy, but I just was, so I don't know. But fuck me, right? Fuck you, Hank. <laughs> you suck, Hank. Well, it, it's the equivalent of, like, sitting in a movie theater with, like, a pair of week-old drawers that you shit in three days ago, and your ass is just itching, and you're just squirming the entire time. It's just, it's not a comfortable experience whatsoever. Isn't that how Ted Nugent got out of going to Vietnam? But don't bump but I don't know, you can sit and watch The Exorcist and have no problem with a teenage girl masturbating with a crucifix, but you're not going to watch that turtle get its head cut off? Watch Cannibal Holocaust. Come on. At least fast forward through it if you're that much, if it affects you that much. You know, there's there's even a more convenient route than that that I noticed on the Grindhouse out-of-print Blu-ray. Uh, it'll be back. It'll definitely be back. There are um, cruelty-free versions of this. There are I'm sure you can find a bootleg of it, not to 
take money out of Bob Morowski's mouth. We'll do the badump bump sound there again too, because that was kind of funny. Because he's he's doing good. I'm sure he's doing good. He's not living off ramen noodles. But you can find it. There are cruelty-free versions. You mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can find on Shudder just the Joe Bob segments to hear what uh, the great Joe Bob Briggs had to say about the movie, which with much less profanity and political ranting is essentially what we had to say about it. I don't. Has he, even in his past, done something like Ferox? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he, he's ever hosted Ferox yeah. before, but I'm sure he's reviewed it somewhere i mean he did a full in-depth thing i think he went to the village where they filmed cannibal holocaust to write an article about it yeah uh he he talked about that on the last drive-in so it's just one of those things i'll take the edgy stance with it i think it is a must see i think you need to see cannibal holocaust but i come from that school of you got to see it all once you get bitten by the horror bug you just don't you don't stop you know it's whatever Something like Island of Death. It's detestable. Somebody fucks a goat. Surprise, Greek incest. I've seen it like four times. I don't know why. I don't like it. I've seen Cannibal <laughs> Holocaust like 22 times. I don't know why. It just, it happens. <sighs> so, God, that's, I think we video nastied ourselves out. I can't make the horror Uber joke again. I keep doing it every episode. So, you got anything? Any, any, anything funny? Well, am I a funny guy? I didn't know I was, I'm not the funny guy tonight. I'm not a funny person. You look like a clown. I hate you. I know. I hate me too. The ashtray's full and the bottle's empty. We'll see you next week. recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. And now our national anthem. Death by DVD. It's a statement.